everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Okay, you did what God said. You listened to what he told you to do. Now you're left in a spot where you're looking around and you can't really tell that he's doing literally anything. (laughs) It seems like maybe he disappeared. It seems like maybe you misunderstood. And now you're discouraged. If you've ever found yourself in a situation like that, or if you're currently in a situation like that, I think Zechariah will be helpful to you. I think this is a classic tale of the physical versus the spiritual. So we've got like the the do's and don'ts of the physical realm of what our faith looks like versus the actual spiritual side of things of like where is your heart in the midst of your physical outward um, actions. So we've been reading Ezra, Ahegai, and Zechariah kind of in sequence. And if if anything, Ezra kind of serves as like the historical background sort of of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Haggai seems to be concerned about the temple itself and how it's going to be rebuilt, what's going to happen. Like the get it done book. Yep. And now Zechariah is the one that's kind of talking about the spiritual condition of the people. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of this cool uh, correlation between like God's temple, the building where God dwells, and God's people, the people where God dwells. And Zechariah has like a clear frustration. I say clear with hesitation. Uh, you got to kind of dig in to see where he's coming from. Uh, because this this first seven chapters, we're looking at Zechariah one to seven, can be a little bit confusing because there's a lot of visions and a lot of symbolism. But essentially, Zechariah is in a place where he has traveled from Babylon back to Jerusalem, along with these other prophets that we've been reading. And when he looks around and sees the people, he's kind of disappointed. Because Isaiah has promised restoration, Jer- uh, Jeremiah has promised restoration, the, the whole theme of this return has been restoration. Like mm-hmm. Cyrus makes this decree, it's amazing, it's incredible, the people are finally allowed to go home and rebuild the temple, they hurry up, they build an altar, they hurry up, they build a foundation, and that's kind of it. The building's not done, the people aren't ready, and it seems like even their faithfulness is being tested. Yeah, but what's so interesting, though, too, is, like, they kind of begrudgingly do this because they're, like, they're so downtrodden. They're, like, so sad. They're so whatever. So in the midst of building this temple, they're hitting those setbacks. And it's, like, a shoddy work that they're, like, able to put together. It's not what it was before. Like, you've got literally the, the older men, the older generations crying because it's not what it was before. It's, like, painfully obvious. Um, and they're also... Like, their hearts are not being turned in the same way that, like, all these prophets beforehand were saying or, like, anticipating. And on top of all of that, I believe that the exiled or previously exiled people are, like, pretty bummed out that they're not, like, this crazy, awesome world power again that other people are looking to. They're just kind of like the Joe Schmoes that got sent back. And I think that's probably, like, a humbling thing for them that they're not really excited about. One of the best examples that we heard of that was when we were reading in Ezra that the people that were already living in that area, they sent that letter to the king Artaxerxes and Artaxerxes made them stop. So they thought they were going to return. They thought that God was going to be powerful on their behalf. And now they're not even allowed to finish the project. So, I mean, just, just to get in their mindset, like they have been waiting 
some of these guys, like the the old men that were weeping when the temple was the foundation was laid, like these guys have been there before, and they were carried into exile, and they were hearing this message of restoration. Now they've been restored. They're expecting that God's going to give them incredible power and incredible like providence, and they can't see evidence of that really anywhere. I mean, when they look out over the temple, it's like a couple foundation stones and an altar. And it just reminds them of how broken they are. Well, it's interesting, too. In chapter 4, verse 10, it says, For whoever has despised the day of the small things shall rejoice and see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. So basically, like, what this is saying is, like, don't you dare take for granted these small beginnings, these small starts of something that was literally, like, dead and dying God has given life back to it and like another chance back to it. And although it seems like pathetic and sad and miserable, don't you dare miscredit or discredit, excuse me, the small things that will someday be like gloriously obvious that God is and has been doing things all along. Um, And I think we can get ourselves into those places too, where you're just like, again, one of those like throw your hands up in the air, like this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this. It's not worth it. It's not my time, worth my time. Uh, Because sometimes we have like prideful hearts that are seeking out other things instead of God's glory. So we can be very... um, susceptible to just being like, meh, this isn't worth it. I'm not, I'm not the center of attention. So I don't really care to put my time into this. And we have today, at least I do, maybe I'm the only person and I need a counselor or something, but we have today this perception that what is big and grandiose is what matters. And if it's not big and grandiose, then it doesn't matter. And that's what's happening here. Like the people were literally like that, that quote, small beginnings, that's what they were saying. Like, yeah. oh, I guess we're just small beginnings. Like basically like, I guess we're just worthless. And God says, hey, don't despise these. I'm going to see you through. Stop complaining. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I guess like, don't be distracted by the huge grandiose things that seem like they're incredible. I mean, Israel before exile was huge. Was that, yeah. <laughs> they had tons of prosperity. They had tons of authority and they hated God. And so God's basically giving this reality check, um, I think, to Zechariah and through Zechariah saying, hey, listen, what matters is your obedience. Mm -hmm. Be obedient to me. Mm -hmm. And I know like as a as a pastor in the past, um, we do different church events and things and people get really excited about events where there's a lot of people. And people do not get excited about events where there's not a lot of people. And so I know like just. The real world application for myself is that many times those small events is where real discipleship was happening. Mm -hmm. And like there was a real hunger for God's spirit. There was a real hunger for obedience to his word. And I was really excited about those tiny little environments. But a lot of other people were really excited about those giant environments where literally nothing was happening. Like we had a giant band and we had a lot of people coming out to win Xboxes. uh, But nobody was seeking the – I mean – I shouldn't say nobody, but very few of those people were seeking the heart of the Lord. And maybe you found yourself in a similar situation. Like what what God is looking for here is obedience, um, not reputation, not opulence, Mm -hmm. just obedience. Well, it's interesting too, because it's a really like slippery slope. It's a really tight rope to walk because there are good things But oftentimes you have to be so cautious. I mean, look at the Israelites. They are a shining example of this when like you feel 
the prosperity that God gives you, you can go one of two ways. And if you go the one way, you are more than likely going to fall into a place of of exile like this. Um, and they want back so badly what got them in their troubled place in the first place. So that's like really interesting perspective of how willing they would be to go back to such a terrible place because of what it gave to them. So Zechariah is kind of split in half. And actually, we've read some of Zechariah already. Um, but the this kind of like downer part is really laying the foundation for the need of the people to be obedient, to trust the Lord, to allow mm-hmm. the Lord to work. Actually, you you had talked about uh, chapter four earlier. There's a part of chapter four that says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, mm-hmm. you shall become a plain, and you shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. So this is, again, a reminder that, you know what? When you're obedient to the Lord, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. It's it's not power. It's not might. It's not reputation. It's God's spirit moving and working. <laughs> Jenny's making a money symbol. It's, it's not, not money. wealth. Yep. It's not wealth. It is God's spirit moving and working, and God will accomplish mm-hmm. what God set out to do. So keep your eyes fixed on him, your hope fixed on him, and be obedient to him. And I think before we move into your part, because I think that's definitely where we're resonating today, it is also at least helpful to note that there is a lot of these uh, chapters in Zechariah 1 to 7 that dabble heavily into the visions and um, like the different um, dream. Well, I guess they're all visions that Zechariah has. They are definitely like strange for sure and very um, very much reference to the book of Revelation. So you will, as you're listening to the reading today, um, you'll hear a lot of what we were talking about, but then specifically chapters like five to seven are a lot of, well, actually, I guess five and six. There's a lot of these visions um, in much more detail than what we gave reference to yeah. um, that we'll be reading in there. So just a little heads up so your part is don't despise small beginnings correct if you are in a place where you feel authentically like you are being obedient you're not just making yourself feel better you really are being obedient to the lord and what you're seeing around you is a little bit confusing do not give up uh trust in him and follow him and i would also say too that if you are feeling like you're at a small beginning that is like meaningless or has very little um, like effect on whatever is around you, you're not being personally recognized, really check your heart to see like, okay, what am I, what are my top priorities here? Is this like, I want to glorify God and for his glory, or is this, I want to glorify myself and for my own glory. I think that's a really important thing to do in most any aspect um, of your life, especially when you're feeling like, oh, these small initial steps, like, why am I doing this? So uh, thanks for joining us today for Zechariah. We'll be back again tomorrow. See you then. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Zechariah chapter one. In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berkiah, the son of Edo, saying, The Lord was very angry with your fathers. 
Therefore say to them, Thus declares the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets cried out. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not hear or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded, my servants the prophets, did not they overtake your fathers? So they repented and said, As the Lord of hosts purposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so has he dealt with us. On the twenty-fourth day of the eleventh month, which is the month of Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, saying, I saw in the night, and behold, a man was riding on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in the glen, and behind him were red, sorrel, and white horses. Then I said, What are these, my lord? The angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. So the man who was standing among the myrtle trees answered, These are they whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. And they answered the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees and said, We have patrolled the earth, and behold, all the earth remains at rest. Then the angel of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you have no mercy on Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, against which you have been angry these seventy years? And the Lord answered gracious and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. So the angel who talked with me said to me, Cry out. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion, and I am exceedingly angry with the nations that are at ease, for while I was angry but a little, they furthered the disaster. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I have returned to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in it, declares the Lord of hosts, and the measuring line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. Cry out again, thus says the Lord of hosts, my cities shall again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion and again choose Jerusalem. And I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these? And he said to me, These are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. And I said, What are these coming to do? He said, These are the horns that scattered Judah, so that no one raised his head. And these have come to terrify them to cast down the horns of the nations who lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter it. Chapter 2 And I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then I said, Where are you going? And he said to me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what its width and what its length is. And behold, the angel who talked with me came forward, and another angel came forward to meet him, and said to him, Run, say to that young man, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as villages without walls, because of the multitude of people and livestock in it. And I will be to her a wall of fire all around, declares the Lord, and I will be the glory in her midst. Up, up, flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord, for I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heavens, declares the Lord. Up, escape to Zion, you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts, after his glory sent me to the nations who plundered you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Behold, I will shake my hand over them, and they shall become plunder for those who served them. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, 
For behold, I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. And many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day, and they shall be my people, and I will dwell in your midst. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And the Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land, and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Chapter 3 Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel, clothed with filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the angel of the Lord solemnly assured Joshua, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you the right of access among those who are standing here. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, you and your friends who sit before you, for they are men who are a sign. Behold, I will bring my servant the branch. For behold, on that stone that I have set before Joshua, on a single stone with seven eyes, I will engrave its inscription, declares the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of this land in a single day. In that day, declares the Lord of hosts, every one of you will invite his neighbor to come under his vine and under his fig tree. Chapter 4 And the angel who talked with me came again and woke me, like a man who was awakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? I said, I see, and behold, a lampstand of all gold, with a bowl on the top of it, and seven lamps on it, with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on top of it. And there are two olive trees by it, one of the right of the bowl, and the other on its left. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered me and said to me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my lord. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hand shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice, and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord, which range through the whole earth. Then I said to him, What are these two olive trees on the right and on the left of the lampstand? And a second time I answered and said to him, What are these two branches on the olive trees, which are beside the two golden pipes, from which the golden oil is poured out. He said to me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my lord. Then he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Chapter 5 Again I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, a flying scroll. 
And he said to me, What do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is twenty cubits, and its width ten cubits. Then he said to me, This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals shall be cleaned out according to what is on the side, and everyone who swears falsely shall be cleaned out according to what is on the other side. I will send it out, declares the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter the house of the thief, and the house of him who swears falsely by my name. And it shall remain in his house and consume it, both timbers and stones. Then the angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, Lift your eyes and see what this is that is going out. And I said, What is it? He said, This is the basket that is going out. And he said, This is their iniquity in all the land. And behold, the leaden cover was lifted, and there was a woman sitting in the basket. And he said, This is wickedness. And he thrust her back into the basket and thrust down the leaden weight on its opening. Then I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, two women coming forward. The wind was in their wings. They had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. Then I said to the angel who talked with me, Where are they taking the basket? He said to me, The land of Shinar, to build a house for it. And when this is prepared, they will set the basket down there on its base. Chapter 6 Again I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, four chariots came out from between two mountains. And the mountains were mountains of bronze. The first chariot had red horses, and the second black horses, the third white horses, and the fourth chariot dappled horses, all of them strong. Then I answered and said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? And the angel answered and said to me, These are going out to the four winds of heaven after presenting themselves before the Lord of all the earth. The chariot with the black horses goes towards north country, the white ones go after them, and the dappled ones go toward south country. When the strong horses came out, they were impatient to go and patrol the whole earth. And he said, Go, patrol the earth. So they patrolled the earth. Then he cried to me, Behold, those who go toward the north country have set my spirit at rest in the north country. And the word of the Lord came to me, Take from the exiles Helde, Tobijah, and Jediah, who have arrived from Babylon, and go the same day to the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah. Take from them silver and gold, and make a crown, and set it on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and say to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, for he shall branch out from this place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. It is he who shall build the temple of the Lord, and shall bear royal honor, and shall sit and rule on this throne. And there shall be a priest on this throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. And the crown shall be in the temple of the Lord as a reminder to Helam, Tobijah, Jediah, and Hen, the son of Zephaniah. And those who are far off shall come and help to build the temple of the Lord. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and this shall come to pass, if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Chapter 7 In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, which is Chislev. Now the people of Bethel had sent Shezerer and Regimelech and their men to entreat the favor of the Lord, saying to the priests of the house of the Lord and the hosts and the prophets, should I weep and abstain in the fifth month, as I have done for so many years? Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, Say to all the people of the land and the priests, 
when you fasted and mourned in the fifth month and in the seventh for these seventy years, was it for me that you fasted? And when you eat and when you drink, do you not eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves? Were not these the words that the Lord proclaimed by the former prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and prosperous with her cities around her, and the south and the lowland were inhabited? And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor, and let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. But they refused to pay attention, and turned a stubborn shoulder, and stopped their ears that they might not hear. They made their hearts diamond hard, lest they should hear the law and the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by his Spirit through the former prophets. Therefore great anger came from the Lord of hosts. As I called, and they would not hear, so they called, and I would not hear, says the Lord of hosts. And I scattered them with a whirlwind across all the nations that they had not known. Thus the land they left was desolate, so that no one went to and fro, and the pleasant land was made desolate. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.